first of all, I'm just glad everybody made it home safe because Steve, you had a, a pretty long drive home and Danny and I were flying Alaska. So it was a little, little touch and go. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> but the door stayed on. <laughs> well, yeah, those things used to fall out of the sky fairly often, didn't they? Well, the crazy part was, is, you know, that happened and we were sitting in the hotel room and Danny told me like, Hey, have you seen this video? I said, absolutely not. I'm not interested in watching it till we get home. Cause we, uh, I didn't watch it, you know, and then we get home and I went to pick our, our boys up the next morning from my mom. And she said, did you see where the second plane had a problem? And I'm like, just thanking God we made it home. But. My wife watched me show at least a little self-control. Honey, do you want to explain the the child seat debacle on the last trip home? Oh, yeah. We get to our last flight. It's like an hour flight, right? And it's half empty. So we went up to the service desk and um, wanted to know if we could put the baby carrier in a seat because the seats were empty instead of checking it so she could fall asleep on the plane and not have a problem. And that was a big to-do to ask them. And then the the... Alaska Airlines agent looks at us and he says, well, I think we'll allow it this time, but it's just all about you managing your expectations. And we're looking at each other and we're like, our expectation is that the plane's going to stay together. But hey, that doesn't always happen either. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> oh, but that, oh my. that was a the, great trip. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it because I know that was you know, there had to be a lot of anxiety, especially with taking Taylor, you know, and all that. But uh, she was such a trooper, uh, at least uh, when I was around her. <laughs> she was. She liked you. Boy, yeah. she, like, was making googly eyes at you all weekend, it seemed like. I'm just a chick magnet. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> she was a trooper uh, for the whole thing. I was surprised. I know. So. I showed her several pictures to Ella and she's, she's just in love. <laughs> well, we are too. We think she's oh, pretty great. Absolutely. Sure. So for, for everybody listening, it's probably going to throw people off having you on here with like way different intro music, Steve. It's been a while since you've done one with us. <laughs> Don't have my friend, uh, Frank Giddings saying I've gone to the dogs, right? <laughs> But we, uh, my wife and I, Danny, Doobie, and Steve just spent the weekend in Orangeboro or Orangeburg, right? Orangeburg, South Carolina for the Grand American Coon Hunt, which, I mean, I wanted to talk about it a little bit because I know I talk about Autumn Oaks and people hear about these events. But again, I, I could not believe... I, just the reception from the public and the size of that event. Like, I'm not joking you. Danny and I were driving down the road, and there's a billboard on the side of the the highway there for the Grand American Coon Hunt. You know, I mean, and oh, here on the West Coast, we were joking, <laughs> but you get a pinpoint to a, a National Forest Service road if you know somebody, and that's how you get to a field trial most of the time, you know? And out there, it's just this... It's a big production. I mean, how many people did they say usually come through the gates, Steve, and in years past? Well, I think they throw out 
the idea that there's between 20 and 30,000 forms that enter through that gate, you know, in the course of the weekend. But uh, it seems to me like three or four years ago, they haven't always charged the gate. It used to be just come on in. And I think more than anything else that helped them, you know, get a a grasp on what the the attendance actually is. And, uh, and back at that time, I think the first time they started counting, it was nearly 10 grand a day. So it's It's uh, insane. Oh, there's Miss Taylor right there. Her debut. Yeah. (laughs) Ignore the baby in the background. But I mean, it's huge. Like I got some pictures of the the parking lots and like the dog yard and, and, you know, they've got barns set up for puppies for sale and stud dogs. And it's like, it looks like it's a big swap meet out front in the front parking lot. Is that kind of what they do out there, Steve? I never got to leave the booth enough really to look. That's most places around the country, you know, that would be, how can I say this? It's, It's a fixture at Grand American because it's been there forever. Okay. I don't think... And I don't want to speak for David McKee and his his organization, but you know that's not the feature attraction at Grand American. But it's been there so long; it's a t- tradition. So as you come from town, first timers, that's the first impression they get, uh, as is of those dogs there on the left inside the fence as you as you head toward the main gate. Uh, they do make sure they have people that patrol that area and uh, with concern about the care of the dogs, uh, you know, are they being cared for or do they have food and water, yada, yada. So, you know, it's not really the, uh, chaos <laughs> it looks like you know right <laughs> but uh, but yeah um yeah the dog vendors are a big part of it. of course there was over a hundred suppliers supply type vendors there did that impress you the number of products and everything that were there i was blown away when we saw the vendor list come out i'm like I mean, because it wasn't all just hunting supplies. I mean, there there were other businesses there, you know, supporting this. And it looked like they had picked up quite a few local sponsors for the event. You know, it looked like there was a, a car sales place, like a dealership. Um, I mean, just the, the people behind it and the support and the money behind it. It was really encouraging for me, like a West Coaster, because I never in a million years... I will tell you that Thursday night dinner, I had no idea that there was a, you know, an area of this country that respected what we're doing as houndsmen and coon hunters so much. I mean, they had the mayor there. It was put on by the chamber of commerce. I mean, it was a big to do announcing, you know, the top coon dogs with Purina 
I got to see one of those big checks like they give away. I'd never seen one of those in my life, but there were two of them there. And that was Gilmore pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy Gilmore checks. Yeah. But you know that it just like, it was, it took me a while to kind of soak it all in. And I don't even think it really all hit until later in the trip after seeing the event. Cause that was Thursday night before everything started, but it kind of triggered me to think like, wow, this is, this is a value to this community or the chamber of commerce would not be putting out any money for it. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. I, I have not seen an economic impact uh, study on the grand American. I do know, you know, with my uh, experience with the other registries, when we would go right to the UKC winter classic in Georgia or autumn Oaks in Indiana, and the economic impact uh, of an event like that is phenomenal. It's in the millions of dollars for that weekend. When you consider crazy. everything, you know, the motels, the restaurants, the convenience stores, uh, all of those things are figured in. And, uh, yeah, you can bet that the Chamber of Commerce wants that event to stay in Orangeburg and and I I can't imagine it being anywhere else. It's just had such a rich history there. So yeah. But it's good for me to know that you saw it that way, you know. When you kinda hype something like this event to people and they're first timers, you always hope that it doesn't disappoint. You know? So. Well did it disappoint, honey? No, it did not disappoint. I thought it was uh, really cool to do the dinner and uh, see the paintings because, you know, for years, there's no chance of us ever having a dog in a Purina race out here on the West Coast. It's not possible. But for years, you know, you look at those paintings and they're beautiful and stunning. And so, like, to see those paintings get unveiled for those dogs there, that was super cool to see in person. Well, I'm glad to see that Purina has continued that because when I – went to UKC in 1983 and went to Grace Summit, Missouri and saw the unveiling of, a, of the portrait there for a dog named uh, Rock River Banjo, who had won the Purina race and the UKC race. And I think he was the second winner, may possibly be the third winner, but I believe the second. I was blown away myself, you know, by... And in the old days, they had a, a standalone banquet that was held on a, its own weekend and and so forth. So through the changes from with Purina and UKC and all, they've kind of adapted this. I guess they were looking for a venue to add that element of a dinner and an unveiling and all that. And so it... it just worked out really well to have it there in conjunction with this Thursday night appreciation banquet that the chamber and the city does to show appreciation to the Grand American and to all the vendors that come, you know. And uh, so it, I think it worked. I think it works. You know, it, it, it was pretty impressive. It's very different. My highlight of the 
My highlight of the dinner was the paintings unveiling. Jason's highlight of the dinner was that four-layer dessert. That's what his mom makes every year for Thanksgiving for him. Well, I'm kind of a, I, I kind of like that piece of beef that they had on my plate that was covering my dinner plate. <laughs> oh, man. It was good food. Yeah. I will tell you that. It was probably the best meal that we ate out there. You know, it. well, I don't know. Those barbecue chicken sandwiches were pretty good, too. But... Well, and I mean, that goes to the impact of everything, too. And everywhere we went, they were sold out of food every night. We're out of, what, the first night we had chicken fried steak with no gravy because they were sold yep. out. And then but they had no buns. The second night, they were out of hamburger buns. Like, that's a massive, massive amount of people pouring through there. And it was great to see. You know, for me, I, I mean, for me, this was a way different trip. Because I was excited to go with my wife. You know, Danny and I have been working really hard. She has been putting in a ton of work and making a lot of sacrifices to get Full Cry back up and running to a level like it should be revered at. You know, she has busted her butt and she's in the other room, so she can't kick me under the table for preaching, you know, giving praises here. But for her to go and see that, you know, we've only been to a few coonhound events around here she's never been to autumn oaks even so that was a, a first look into it but you know to me it's the people i get to see you know you that's the first time we've spent any time in person together steve in years you know probably four or five years and even mark zepp you know and some of those guys and it, it was really cool to see the welcoming atmosphere Cause I'll be honest, we were a little nervous. Like, you know, you put yourself out there and full cry has been a, a real project <coughs> with a lot of heart into it. So you're always kind of worried how it's going to be received. And I will tell you, you know, the people there were so receptive of it and so excited. And we heard so many stories about, you know, all oh, my grandpa had it when he used to get it in the paper roll and, you know, like, I learned to read on it, you know, the things that we've been hearing, but these were with a handshake and a person right in front of you. So to me, it was really special. I don't know about you, Danny, but. I think the highlight for me was that kid who counted out his ones and I gave him a magazine and he came back in. And he says, can you sign this one for me? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's about the cutest thing I've ever heard. So I gave him a subscription. <laughs> I have to remember that. <clears throat> Uh, a lot of kids. Yeah, you know, these, in in my former lives, you know, there's been opportunities for me to kind of analyze where my, who are my peeps? And, I, you know, I grew up in the home of a bear hunter. From an early age, I loved coon hunting. There was just something about it that just really you know, got me. I love to follow a hound after anything, rabbit, coyote, deer, whatever. But coon hunting is me. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's what I like the best. And these are, you know, my people. You know? And they are great people. They are very, very welcoming. They're very, when the chips are down, they're very generous uh, caring people and, you know, in anything, you've got certain exceptions to that. But so I knew that you would be welcome there. I knew 
the people will be very glad to see you and you guys. And uh, and I think, you know, from where, where I stood, you know, they are very, very happy to get to meet you and put a face, you know, to the publication. And uh, it was all good. It was. It, it was really nice. I mean, my little selfish part, I got to meet Fever, which was awesome because <laughs> I've been following you yeah. and Mark on that dog, you know, and to come down and I looked at the picture like this was an aha moment for me. You know, we're getting our picture taken with them and Steve stops traffic. I mean, because you got to think we're in a it's an old uh, it's a fairgrounds. So you think of the old vendor buildings, you know, where they set up crafts and, and that sort of thing. So there, there's basically a runway down each side, you know, and Steve stops traffic getting out to get a picture and people are just standing there and we're, we're getting our picture with Mark and fever. And then I saw it and I'm like, that's in front of our business. You know, like that's a, a really weird feeling. You know, there's like daily, um, little things that trigger in my head that it's like, wow, this is real. And it, it's gotten to a point that it's been really well recepted the shift over and to be in something like that and feel like you're part of it from the minute you walk in the door was amazing for me personally. Good. That's exactly what we hoped. And, and, uh, you know, there's no more sincere look. I, I can't say enough about David McKee that runs that organization. Right. He is absolutely a candidate for one of the greatest human beings I ever met. David is exactly what you see. He has a great organization because the people love him. They work for him. They'll do anything for him. David and his wife, Deb, had some tragedy in their home years ago through the loss of their son in an automobile accident. And mm. that I thought we had lost them. Yeah. And everything else. But they worked through that, you know, and he just does a super job. And I learned this when I had field reps at the registry. Constituency likes the rep. They'll do you don't have problems. It takes care of a lot of the complaints and a lot of the petty stuff. Because I had a guy tell me one time with a field rep named Jim Simpson, who has passed on, and he said, I had a question at an event one night and all, and I know I was right and all, but I just didn't want to bug Jim with it. I didn't want to have to put him through all that process. So, I mean, whether that's right or wrong, you know, I don't say don't. You know, if you've got a legitimate uh, problem, you know, go through the system. But I, just to illustrate, that's just the kind of guy Dave is. And and that whole town, you know, he's he's there in his bib overalls. And I <laughs> you <know>? promise you, <laughs> if he's going to go see uh, Brandon, excuse me, or, or or the president of the United States, He's going to wear his bib overalls, okay? So uh, that's what you see is what you get with David. But he's a tireless worker. He has done a tremendous amount of work with the legislature 
for houndsman's rights in South Carolina. Because, see, he's also the president of the South Carolina Coon Hunters Association. Yeah, he's busy. To the Grand American, and in addition to being a field rep for AKC. So, you know, he's got a lot of hats. I know we came through the gate. And we couldn't figure out where to park. You know, we're new. <laughs> we we traveled from coast to coast. We got no idea what we're doing. And we said, well, you know, we're just looking Nationwide. for a place. <laughs> yeah, we, we're looking for a place to park. And he says, well, I'm David McKee. I said, well, I would have spotted you, but you didn't have your coveralls. And he opens his vest and, you know, there they are. But he was literally the first one we met coming through the gate, which I thought was kind of funny, you know. <laughs> well, you met the big guy. Yeah. Sure. And he, I'll tell you, when we left, he made sure to shake our hands and was very, very polite, very kind to us and thanked us sincerely for coming. I mean, and that means a lot to us personally. You know, that's a, it was a long trip. We did have our six month old baby. We didn't know how that was going to go, but you know, stuff like that, I will guarantee you that booth will be occupied again next year with full cry. Like there's no question about it. That you got that booth because that kind of, you know, that's tradition. You know, the magazines have been there in that booth uh, for years, you know, and years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, but, and so. we're going to pull some good stories out of it, too. Danny, you're going to have at least one upcoming, right? At least one. I got to. I got to go back through my notes of what all I had. So there's that part of it too. <laughs> <laughs> I know we got to regroup after Fair time. home. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can, I know without making this sound like a mutual admiration society meeting here, I really enjoyed <laughs> the opportunity to meet you guys. Uh, so to speak, of course, Jace, we met before, but, uh, to meet Danny and to see the passion you guys have for this project. And I know that, you know, unfortunately you're living with it day and night uh, and, and will be for a while, I'm sure. But for those listeners out there that are thinking about subscribing to Full Crime Magazine, just do it. It's very, very... <laughs> worth your time effort and a little bit of money it's really only about three bucks a copy now if you go through the grocery store and i'm a sucker for these magazines they have not the inquirers but the other ones that they have their log cabins or uh you know and uh, different things look at the price of those single issues you know they think nothing asking oh, yeah. you 15 20 bucks for a single issue of a magazine now. So anyway, it's a it's a good deal. It's a good magazine. My mine are both of my copies have a special place right here in my office up on a high shelf so Louis the Dachshund doesn't get into them. But uh yeah, it Steve's our biggest cheerleader. <laughs> we we appreciate you, Steve, because well, I know you wouldn't say that if you didn't mean it. Somebody at the uh, at the event this weekend, I said, that's my role now, to be a cheerleader for coon hunting. I'm getting too old to really do much about it myself, but uh, thank God for partners like Mark Miller and, and Keston, and Jesse, that helped me with dogs. But, no, it, uh, 
it was a great weekend, and I think a lot of people took home uh, copies of the magazine and also subscribed. So that that's all positive. It it was. We had a really good turnout, you know, as far as people signing up there, and then the website went crazy afterwards. That's fullcrymag.com. I'll throw I'll throw the shameless plug in there. And it was all, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia. You know, you could tell it was probably people at that hunt that wanted to try it. You know, they bought a single issue and then decided it was worth the money. So that was that was good to see. But, you know, really, it was just about connections. And, you know, we're very grateful to you for for introducing us. I think you introduced us to a lot of good writers we're going to start seeing some new names popping up in full cry, you know, um, just, you know, readers and getting good feedback from it and people telling us what they like and don't like to take into consideration. Well, you know, you always think about as things transition, are they going to, are they going to work? And I've been there, you know, I've, I've changed jobs over the years and I've, we've done different things with the magazines and all. But I was really encouraged by the positive attitude that I heard over and over again over the uh, uh, the weekend when I, I told the people that, you know, this magazine is a bi-month, about, you know, you get 12 issues a year, uh, six issues a year six instead issues, of 12. Yeah. And they said, fine, you know, I understand. And one fellow actually said, you know, I think that's a great idea because it gives a lot more time to prepare an issue, you know, and you get better quality in the process and as we're thumbing through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so people understand. They get it, you know. And and besides, um, there's so many good articles in there, you know, you're not going to read them all in, probably in a month anyway. You, you know, you're going to pick them <laughs> up and read them as you, as you have time, but. Yeah, it takes me a while to work through them because I don't, I mean, I enjoy reading. I just don't have a lot of time to read. And as surprising as this sounds, I don't look at the layout really of the magazine at all. Uh, I wait to see it in print so that I have a different perspective on it. You know, that's all Danny in the background and working with our our designer, Jaron, and, and getting everything set up. So it's always like a pleasant surprise for me to open it just like anybody else. (laughs) As crazy as that is, it's just, you know, she's really done a great job with this project. And, and I know her heart again, she can't kick me. Like I know what her heart is. I know her mission with this. I know that, uh, this is a really big deal for her and to see it all coming together. It's pretty exciting as a husband, as a business partner, you know, it's it's exciting. Well, I there you're rocking that full cry hat, man. Those things were well received at the at the hunt too. They were. Everybody that saw them, they th- said, you know, I haven't seen a hat like that in twenty years. You know, the old school foam trucker hats, and I don't know. I'm an old soul. I've always thought about them as like the coon hunting hat. They always had you know, somebody's dog with their name on it. And you see them running around on a bunch of the older guys at Autumn Oaks, you know, they'll bring out their old hats. So we wanted to kind of recreate something like that. And we sold a pile of them. 
Well, they look great, and I, I told, may have told you there, but that used to be my incentive hat. You know, I I would, uh, if I was campaigning a dog, I'd go get a hat made with his title on it and the dog's name before he ever earned the title, and I'd put it on the shelf. I'd have to walk by and look at that thing, you know, and I'd say, man, i got to get, I got to get this dog finished so I can wear the hat. <laughs> That's, I know you did say that, and I thought that was great. That's yeah. manifesting, Steve. That's what we joke around, Danny. I know you're probably in the car with kids by now, but we're, we're dividing and conquering. She's got to get kids to Kung Fu and basketball. So she may have dropped off of here, but I have a little, little thing I keep telling her I want to add to Full Cry. And I, I'm, I'm doing something similar, not with a hat, but I have something else that I said, I'm manifesting this someday. It's going to happen. And when you said that I laughed, you know, we got back to the hotel room and I said, see, I am smart. If Steve Fielder did it, it's gotta be a good idea. (laughs) Well, I'd say what those ideas used to come. He's crazy. I'm still listening in the background. Oh, you're still there. Okay. (laughs) Her uh, environment changed there a little bit, but, uh, Oh, yeah, because you can see her. (laughs) But, yeah, it's um, it was a it was well received. We did sell some shirts there. You know, we brought some stuff home, but, you know, really, we we went out there. We made enough to pay for the trip. We had some great times. I mean, I can't tell you the stories I heard. I mean, it was just all day long. And I did learn if you're going to go anywhere with Steve Fielder. You just got to plan on some extra time. It's like traveling with the baby because you go about 10 feet and then there's, there's one more guy for just a quick conversation of about 30 minutes. And then, then you see him move a little bit farther towards his truck and he's just swarmed again. It was, it was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I snapped a picture from the background, you know, we're doing the next issue is all about mentorship and, uh, encouraging people to get into hunting and you know there was guys waiting 30 40 minutes just for you to finish up a conversation with the last guy so they could have their time to say hi to you and you know there was that kid who said you probably don't remember me i won the youth world hunt in 20 2007 or something and i was blown away you were like oh yeah you were in the final four with this dog and this dog and this dog and i'm like how do you maintain that information but um to me like that i grabbed a snapshot of these two kids i say kids they were probably 22 23 and they're just leaned over there and they were they were totally enthralled in everything you had to say like they hung on every word and i thought you know that is what we need in this sport is people that can bridge that gap and keep no more of this like well that's how we did it back then but just really bringing everybody together. I was very, very impressed watching that whole thing play out on the, from an outsider's perspective. Well, Danny, I have been incredibly blessed with friends and, uh, over the years. And, you know, that, that is very humbling for me for you to say that, but it's been me that has benefited the most from those relationships down through the years. And 
to see those people and to remember them. And as I get older, I do struggle a little bit uh, with the faces. Uh, I used to, I don't know, it, it was spooky, really, how well I could remember somebody's name that I had seen, you know, maybe a few years before. And and now it comes to me that it always comes later on <laughs> after they've walked away. I had a guy come up, and I know him so very well, and have known him for years and years, and he wanted to buy a book. So I know i got to sign this guy's book, <laughs> and I can remember his last name, but I can't remember his first name to save my name. So I just keep talking. I'm talking. I said, I know it's going to come to me. <laughs> Trick of the trade. And finally it did. Bam. There it was. And I... I, he won't mind me saying he'd laugh. It was Wayne Bowman from Tennessee. I, he used to be a prop guy. Now he's a leopard guy and had some good dogs. But no, that that has been uh, just a blessing to me. And and uh, uh, you know, oh, I was going to tell you my field reps years ago uh, when I was with the registries knew that when we said it's time to button it up and go to dinner, you know, they just they just knew to go have a seat or something because I take one step and somebody grabbed me by the arm and you know, but this isn't a new but thing. that's been a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But well thank thank you, Danny. That's that's very nice. But uh it was but I'm looking forward to the years to come, you know, is hopefully we'll be able to be there again and are you guys planning to do autumn oaks this year i don't think we have much of a choice do we danny i think we're gonna I don't be think there we have much of a choice i'm good with it i'm i'm totally now that i know that babies are easy travelers and other ones can stay with grandma then i feel like we can go and do and it's good because the older kids the older boys now they're of the age that we can go do these things <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, a little bit more I so saw a video <laughs> that you posted and i remember telling you i think it was friday or saturday when you told me what you were going to take home as <laughs> gifts for the boys <laughs> i warned her and you said coon squallers? I said, oh, no. What are you thinking? So, <laughs> oh, there's worse things. It was funny. Now we have they a rule. They, ha they have a practice chamber. So in our house, like, in one side is basically the kids' rooms and their playroom. And in their room, they have a, a large closet. So the coon squalling practice sessions happen inside their closet with the closet door closed and the bedroom door closed. <laughs> gotcha. But they were, they uh, want to go. I mean, that was the first thing was, Hey, can we go next year? Cool. And I think, I mean, they're old enough. If we can swing it, I'd love to get them out there because if anything, that's the impression that can be made on them. Like it will absolutely blow their minds just like it blew ours at a much larger scale, you know, explaining to them that, you know, this is a huge gathering. It's not like a field trial. We're talking thousands of people coming in and out. Like our, our city, our closest big city is Grants Pass, Oregon. And it's like 36,000 people. 
and explaining to them that pretty much everybody in our city goes to this event. You know, they can't even wrap their head around it, but I better do it when I can bring a dog home. Cause I'm pretty sure I'm not dragging my wife and two boys to an event and not bringing a puppy home. Well, I can foresee with the growth of full cry over the years, uh, the Lear is going to be down the road a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's going to be a Winnebago or something like that in your future where you can just put the whole gang in there. There you go. You know? And, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, my, uh, my device is getting a little weak here. I think I'm going to have to plug it in. Well, you know, I think she's probably got to dump some kids off anyway. So I just. Yeah, we're on to uh, kids stuff. And they, turns out they do other things besides <laughs> hound dogs. So that kind of well, gets in the way. Well, real briefly, I'd like to tell my listeners on Gone to the Dogs that I kind of took a little uh, sabbatical there with Grand American and all. But I, I guess we, I don't know if we'll have an episode on this week or not, but we'll be back after it. But these are all a week after the fact anyway, so that doesn't. Uh, but I sure have enjoyed the opportunity, uh, you know, to work with you guys, not only at the Grand American, but every week. So uh, lucky me. Well, we appreciate you very much, Steve. And you, your episode is at the editors right now. Do you want to plug who that's with? Because I'm, I'm looking forward to it after meeting this guy in person. He yeah. seems very interesting. Yeah, uh, he is an interesting guy. Uh, I corralled uh, or lassoed, I guess, uh, Mark Houck. Uh, Mark, people around, especially the blue tick breed, have known him for years and years. Uh, But Mark had a a 20-plus year career with the Army, and he didn't push a desk. He was doing all the dangerous stuff, jumping out of you know, he's with the Airborne, with Special Services Forces and all that stuff. And so all, always stationed out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. So many of the people knowing, you know, as being a Carolina boy, when actually I believe his home state was Illinois, and he lives up that He lives in Sardinia, Ohio, I believe it is now. But anyway, we talked to Mark, uh, or I did uh, – at the Grand American, and uh, we talked a lot about we talked about blue ticks and coon hunting and the and the army and all those things. But I really wanted to talk to him about this new All American Blue Tick Association that he's yeah. promoting. And I I tried to ask him the hard questions about you know why with two other blue tick associations uh, out there already. Why do we need a, a new one? And what's the goals? And why would you want to do that? So it's pretty interesting stuff. I think the listeners will like it. I know I'm looking forward so, to anyway. it. I mean, we're blue tick people at heart. We don't own one at the moment, but I mean, that's where we cut our teeth. So to see them represented so well, I mean, that's that's way different from out here because we're the black sheep if you got blue ticks on the West Coast, it seems like. And here you go, you know, you walk in the main building and everybody's got their breed organization and then there's there's three blue ticks right there it was yeah. it was impressive over overkill <laughs> well uh speaking of blue ticks i talked to john strickland who is leading the 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 list of uh 
the elite hand that elite handler series that Josh Michaelis is doing, yeah. and and uh, he's been doing all, most of his winning with Walker dogs, mm-hmm. but now he's running a blue dog. Oh, really? So we got to, I talked. I didn't record with John this time. I've had him on the podcast a few times, and and probably should have, but we'll get him back. But that that was an interesting conversation I had, and. So we'll be running some of the stuff from Grand American, you know, going forward. Well, I encourage everybody to listen to that one. Like like you said, I'm not sure when it's going to get done, if it'll get out this week or if it'll be, you know, this coming Monday because this will air Friday. Um, but I definitely want to hear that one. He was a character, man, and I can imagine the stories he's got. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good storyteller. We talked about his job as a uh, as a beard uh, salesman. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we just wanted to say a very sincere thank you, Steve. I know you and I have talked a lot leading up to the event. You did not lead us astray. I mean, it was every bit of what you said it was, and then some. We really enjoyed our time and our time with you and. I just want to say thank you again for all your support of Full Cry through all this. Well, actually, I... Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I... Oh, I was going to say, I, I know I've said it before, but I really do appreciate all the support that you've given us and all the support the oh, yeah. sport in general has given us. Like, this started as something fun to do and something we thought needed to happen, and the more that I've talked to people that have been in the sport for a long time the more it has become kind of more like a, a mission of things you need need to keep. It's it's everybody's magazine. It's not mine. Well, I think that <laughs> attitude definitely shows through. And for listeners that think that, you know, I have not a – I don't own a pencil or a piece of stationery uh, for the full cry uh, effort. I'm just, as I said, a cheerleader, a supporter – somebody that believes in what you do and and an old guy that still enjoys keeping his hand in the sport, you know, at, at whatever level I think will be helpful. So, but anyway, thank you. And it, it's, it's all, it's, it's a pleasure for me too. It's, it's fun. You know, well, I'll say this, anybody that's listening, I know we've got our shows kind of mixed up. You know, you're on Mondays, we're on Fridays with bear and there's going to be some changes around here on the platform we've got another podcast coming back it looks like but i would really encourage you know a lot of people i think write off the coon hunting episodes just because it's not their jam but i'm telling you like i would go back and listen to some of these and start checking into some of these hunts because really the numbers that are behind it the people that are behind it you know it is really impressive to me and I think that um, I think it's something somebody should experience at least once in their life. Get out to, you know, the Heartland Hunt. That's where we got our feet wet. Get out to Autumn Oaks. Get out to Grand American Winter Classic. Go hit one of these big ones and and see what it's really like. Because you're just not going to see that kind of turnout out here. And all it is is a bunch of hunters getting together. You can tell it's a bunch of families getting together. You know, it's it's the core root of what we are as people, I think. You know, sportsmen, houndsmen, 
and not just all about competition like some people want to paint it out to be. It's about the collaborative, you know, rising tide raises all ships. It's it's about bonding together and supporting this as sportsmen. And I would just really encourage people to check it out. Well, I mean, and you got to think if they were hunting 300 dogs each night and you had 30,000 people there, that's a whole lot of pleasure hunting knowledge mm-hmm. that was there and just guys that are into dogs not just all about that competition so you can't just look at these hunts as they're for the hunt they're there for the camaraderie you know mark hit me he said something he says you know jay it's you know you used to come here every year and you'd see you know i had three really really good friends and then you know one year all of a sudden it's two and then it's one and then you see none of them you know because that they're just getting older and they're not going to be here forever. So you realize what kind of a common ground it is. It's a gathering place. You know, you know, they're going to be there kind of like for us. Like I think of that, I think the closest thing that I can relate to would be Elk Creek field trial down in California. You know, you, you see those people every year or the OUSDA, you know, or Idaho Houndsman, any of these clubs that put on their field trial annually, it's, um, you know, it's a common meeting ground. And I've told my kids that forever. Like, this is where you go. You can just show up and you're going to have friends there because it's the same people year after year after year. And you make new ones while you're there. And it's just, you get out there. It's on such a larger scale. It'll blow your mind. Well, one little thing I can't resist as you're talking, Chase, is uh, as a voting block, Mm-hmm. you know, if you're a houndsman out west and you have a small party of friends that you hunt with and you're a bear hunter or lion hunter or bobcat hunter or whatever, in the overall scheme of things, you've got a great group there, but you're small. Yep. You, you don't have a very large voice. Now, things like podcasts and Groups like W Hunting Supply and so forth have brought a lot of that together. And I realize there's a, a, a strong, cons, cons, what's the word, constituency. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Out there. But think about this. When I, I wrote an a, a essay in my book called Underground, and it's the story of a guy that's trying to continue to hunt with hounds after it's been outlawed or banned. Mm-hmm. And think about the fact, if it, if coonhunting's not your cup of tea, you know, but think about the fact that all those coon hunters are houndsmen, just like you are, you know. Yep. They may not hunt bobcat, but they love hunting coon as much as you love hunting bobcats. And so, you know, try... To find common ground, try, you know, to to say, okay, you're a houndsman, you're my brother, or you're my sister, yep. you know? That's the truth. I mean, and that's the bigger picture of this. Yep, for sure. So, well, I would say I encourage everybody to tune in. Most likely it's going to be Monday following this issue, or this yeah, issue. I'm thinking magazines here, people. Um, this episode. Yeah. 
for Steve's Gone to the Dog. Make sure you guys tune in Monday. Give it a listen. There's a lot of great stories, a lot of great dog stories, people stories. Steve, your book, you also have that available. I know we've plugged it before, but I know we've got it here at W Hunting Supply in the library section. And you have it on your website at stevefielderbooks.com, correct? Right. And then... Buy it from DU. Buy it for w, from W. Those guys do a great job not only keeping our equipment going, but also <laughs> helping us in the legislative arena. So well, we wherever, it. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah and, and Steve, again, I'm looking forward to it next year. We really appreciate, you know, you, you filling us in and at least getting us kind of ready for what we were walking into. I don't think you could have fully prepared us. But if you guys are wanting to hear more about it, you know, listen to Steve's upcoming episodes and check out the pages of Full Cry in some upcoming issues because we're going to have some some content from Grand American as well. Well, I'm just excited the fact that East is joining West. We're, you know, as, we're as I'm looking at you there with the ZZ Top beard, I'm thinking <laughs> the song. We're bad. We're nationwide. Nationwide, right? <laughs> so, so that that's the object here. Well, man. it'd be nice if we yeah. had somewhere in the middle, but apparently we got to go all the way to the East Coast. <laughs> I think Oaks is about as close yeah. to the middle as we're going to get. Well, a wise old West Virginian once told me, anything that's hard's never easy. Yeah, that <laughs> that is the truth, ain't it? Or we would have, yeah. I'll tell you, or we wouldn't be in dogs. They didn't make this easy. I guarantee it. Right. Well, Steve, thanks for jumping on with us. I hope everybody tunes in and listens to the upcoming Gone to the Dogs podcast. And again, my wife's really not on here now, so I can say it. If you guys want to check it out, the new Full Cry magazine, you can get it at fullcrymag.com. You can check out what she's doing, and, and you know she's really the behind the scenes getting stuff done i joked all weekend that she's the brains and i'm the mouth but everybody already knows that but you can get it get your subscription online check us out on all the social media platforms as well and uh if you want to find yourself in the pages of full cry there's a spot where you can submit stories photographs stuff like that because we really do want to keep this focused around the hunters, you know, the people who are supporting it, we want to support them and and give them a little bit of accolades too. So thank you everybody for tuning in and, and listening to us ramble for a little while. And Steve, thank you very much again. I'm glad you had a safe trip home and you can thank Miss Ella for uh, turning loose of you for about four days. <laughs> okay, the pleasure's been all mine, Jason. I really appreciate you having me on. All right, buddy. Well, we'll talk to you next time.